testin'. I say testin'. Hello, my jelly bellies. This is your gut-jammed host, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his abdominal preserve cast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is about the importance of table manners and what the lack thereof might lead to. Put on your smartest outfit, though not necessarily on your body, so we'll both be able to enjoy this fully clothed lunch. Fully clothed lunch by Matthew Sanborn-Smith. Jerry's great-aunt Mosquito had a reputation for being a hardcore prude, but the reality far surpassed the rumors. Since Jerry had come to stay with her, every time he had to pee, he'd been expected to put on a condom. He didn't really understand, but when you've gotta go, you don't argue. He settled into life with great-aunt Mosquito while amassing the world's worst water balloon collection. The old lady also took her food preparation a bit far and insisted on putting clothes on all of her food. It ain't proper a boy your age seeing a bad chicken breast, she'd howl. I'm 43 years old, auntie, he would would say, and I've never been sexually attracted to a chicken. That's what your great uncle Deatick used to say about the mashed potatoes, was her reply. Rather than delve into that story, Jerry just stuck his fork inside the chicken's bra and ate in silence. He had to admit the old woman was remarkable despite her insanity, or perhaps because of it. Jerry marveled at how she managed to dress each individual sweet pea in its own little vest. It probably helped that she hadn't slept in seven years. He couldn't undress the food before he ate it either. She'd whip him for that, and I'm not talking about being being struck with a switch. Oh no, if only. Mosquito's whippings were more of the heavy cream kind. She'd scramble Jerry with a whisk, folding air into him until his whole body became all frothy. He had no idea how she managed it, but it hardly mattered as the bottom line was it was thoroughly uncomfortable. And so he'd put his peas in his mouth and spit out the vests, pull the pantyhose over his head while he ate his leg of lamb, and strap the jockstrap full of carrots to his mouth to feed like a horse. The crafty old bat had even figured out a way to put a suit on his morning cranberry juice. Not on a glass which might contain the juice, mind you, but on the juice itself. He generally sipped it out of the left pant leg after removing its little shoe and stocking. All the while, he insisted his great-aunt was off her great rocker, but one day, while taking dozens of tiny articles of clothing to the dry cleaners, he passed by a sidewalk cafe and noticed a woman eating brunch with no clothes on. That is to say, the woman wore clothes, the brunch didn't. It was the most erotic thing Jerry had ever seen. He was overcome with lust. He plucked the section of cantaloupe from her plate and stole off into the forest. But before doing anything he'd regret, Jerry came to his senses. The whole episode, however, had gotten the cantaloupe really worked up. It tore off Jerry's clothes and he and the melon shared a mid-afternoon of unbridled passion. As he was still basking in the afterglow, the melon got up and left, saying it had to be somewhere and that it would call him. The cantaloupe never called. Jerry returned home full of shame, hoping his illicit tryst didn't show on his face, but Great Aunt Mosquito could smell it on him. She didn't even bother with the whisk, instead going straight for the meat tenderizer. He thought he had gotten away with something when she returned, not with one of those spiky metal hammer tenderizers, but the seasoning kind. Then she started sprinkling him with it and pulled out a whole case of it. Poor Jerry begged for mercy. In the end, he had never felt so tender and juicy in his life. You could cut him with a fork. Months later, Jerry gave birth to an entire litter of melons. He did his best to raise them in a way his great-aunt would approve of, and in fact, it went really well. Well, until that one time the kids got into that water balloon fight. 
If this story squeezed your melons, you can elope with it no matter what your honey do at the sweet behind of the succulent rind BewareTheHairyMango.com. Snivel pathetically in the comments for this post or jam email me and we'll put on our night flannels at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or give each other PJs at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. In the third week of December, the SF and SF signal always stands for our annual Sandman Fondle, the Neil Gaiman-themed naughty cosplay event enjoyed by the entire staff of SFSignal.com. It's totally dreamy, but don't ask for a little head or someone will hand you Orpheus and that won't be pleasant for anyone. Tweeto your great aunt Mosquito that all the most proper bloodsuckers follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. If Robin Leach can return in vampire form for a little of this action, what's your excuse? Wait, he's still alive? I still stand by my statement. Subscribe to Beware the Elitist Mango through the Get the Mango button on the home field advantage, and for a measly and mumpy $4 a month, get two more episodes a month than nearly anyone else. I encourage you to lord and lady it all over them as you flip them off from your yacht. This podcast makes stinkies through the emerald aisles of the greatest grocery store in all of Oz as you wait to be checked out at the end of a cowardly line and monkeys literally fly out of its butt and straight into the melting arms of my Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 3.0 unported license. Until Laertes runs through your hamlet, this will seriously consider being Matthew Sanborn Smith telling you the ass is always greener on the other side of Herman Munster's pants. Good night. Monkeys literally fly out of its butt and straight into the melting arms of blah 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 blah. Woo!